Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I am your host, Ken Seymour, with your other host, Richard Geiger. Coming to you live from the Mazda Superdome. (laughs) Ah, the things that we do in order to get time and space and quiet to be able to record. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, we've got an interesting one for you today. We are going to be going into 2008 with the history of comic book movies again with Punisher Warzone. We'll be talking a little bit about some of the digital tools that we use to stay connected again, specifically focusing on Zoom and some of the fun stories that can come across from using a a new piece of software that maybe doesn't work the way that we um, might wish it to or... uh, are maybe that we're just not used to uh, using so much. And then, of course, we will be having some fun talking about games, specifically some of the the really fun gems that we love that we're either playing now or that we have enjoyed in the past. So how are are you handling things, Richard? Things still going well? Oh, yes. Um, Lots of excitement. let me see. I'm, I've mowed the lawn twice now, per our previous discussion that we've had. Oh. And that's uh, I built a sandbox, and that's about the excitement that we've we've had so far. Ah, uh, fun! It's it's going to be great. Uh, being able to stay isolated. See, you know, this is this is a hard time for a lot of people. Um, it affects everybody a little differently, and I have to say that I'm in a certain situation where I'm, I'm slightly privileged. This is not exactly our day job that we're doing here, but the, the situation that I'm in allows me to not have to worry quite so much on the day job thing. And that, yep. uh, that couple that with the fact that I don't tend to be a very public person anyway. Um, I'm just fine sitting in my house and not talking to anybody. I keep seeing everyone. I'm going crazy. I need to talk to people. It's like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm doing. I'm doing just great. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, and in discussions with some of the other folks, and we'll get into that with the like the Zoom meeting, for example, a little bit later. Uh, there are people who are single, may like don't have a spouse, don't have kids. Is I guess is what I'm getting at, and. If you are in a certain situation where you're in your apartment and it is just you, sometimes that could drive you crazy after a little bit. Um, You know, where we're at, we have the luxury of we're not crowded. So if we want to get out and get groceries, we can at least do that. Even if it's even if it's we're going somewhere and they put the groceries in our vehicle vehicle Mm -hmm. and then we leave. I mean, I've gone, I've gone a couple places just to do like a curbside pickup for food or beer or, you know, some, all the local spots here. So at least I have some moderate little bit of interaction with somebody other than my wife and kids. But there are people, a lot of folks, especially if you're in a big city and you don't own a car and what, what are you going to do, man? You can't really just go out even, even going for a walk. Sometimes there's lots of other people around and that's okay. Cause you can say hi and stuff like that, but it's not like you can go and interact. So it's different situations for everybody for sure. Well, one of the things that kind of helps me 
with everything. I've always been a big game person. And, uh, you know, we've talked about multiple conventions that uh, we either both have gone to or that I've gone to over the last couple of years that uh, are game-centric and in an effort to try and uh, ignore the fact that they're probably not going to happen this year uh, (laughs) at all. Um, I I instead focus on the playing of the games themselves. And that kind of leads us to our first topic. And I kind of wanted to talk for me just a little bit about one of the games that I've been obsessing over recently that uh, I've had a great deal of uh, fun playing and and the entire family has really enjoyed and kind of see what you thought about uh, the same kind of uh, concept. Um, Now, you said you're not much of a a board game player, right? Correct. Um, Now, if you talk about board games in the traditional sense and when i say traditional i mean like we're talking like old school um like a a sorry or do you do you consider um a battleship a board game yeah I mean, battleship's a board game kind of a board game so like things like that we played a lot of those when i was younger um, i've got a real old copy of uh Parcheesi sitting in in the house so those types of like old school basic dice card monopoly things like that yeah. life um, we played a lot of those it's not like we had video games i guess there was an, an atari <laughs> when we were little uh but uh those board games yeah i like those so in in um in kind of getting the family to be together it's, it's more like video games that you use then to kind of have that group Yep, we were fortunate enough uh, the beginning of March, before we knew we were going to be stuck at home, we bought a Switch and a couple of, you know, like Mario Kart and Mario Party, and the kids love playing those, so we get together as a family and play those for a couple hours a night. So what do you like about those the best? What what connects you as a family through the games? Well... Even though I uh, absolutely dominate at all of the games, it's the <laughs> fact that some of those games, you know, my son's four, so he can still play those games and still have fun playing those games, even if he struggles a bit to get the coordination piece down to play them at a quote high level. It doesn't. It, it doesn't matter because some of those games, especially in Mario Party, um, just button mashing. You, you don't. Yeah, you, you don't you don't have to do much. Some of the games he does well, some not so much. But you can see he's getting better at it. So uh, it's it's a thing that all all four of us can play. When I'm the, really the only gamer that's in the house, but everybody can get together and still have a good time. I tried very early to get um, to get my boys to be uh, some some tabletop. RPG interest. I mean, you know, every, every family has something that's a little different. You know, I, you always see those stories about, I'm going to get my son to play football or baseball or whatever it is. That's, that's the, 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 the link that, uh, the father and the son or the, the mother and the son has, uh, or, uh, father, daughter, mother, daughter, whatever it is, that kind of shared, shared experience for us, it was just always board games. So, that's kind of what we've been 
using to maintain some fun and some connection through this time. So on the positive side, a lot of board games take can take an immense amount of time to play. Um, maybe some of our listeners are more conversant, like you were talking about with some of the original board games, like Sorry never took that long to play. Monopoly could. Um, mm-hmm. But usually you might have, most board games, you're going to have an hour uh, or maybe an hour and a half if you're particularly bl- uh, bloodthirsty in the uh, Monopoly. That could take sometimes days, <laughs> depending upon who you're playing with. But mm-hmm. um, most of the board games that we play tend to last anywhere between two and six hours, um, depending upon complexity and and the, the level of um, strategy that goes into it, the number of players that are playing, that sort of thing. The one that we've really gotten into recently is a game well, not, I'm not going to say recently, but have has been reinvigorated because of some expansions that came out for it, was uh, Everdell. So you're familiar with the video game side, and when there's downloadable content, you get a new map or or whatever, and that, that refreshes the, the game to make it interesting uh, in a new way, right? You want to go back and, and visit... Because now there's things that you can actually go and do when, for me and you, uh, we are bits of completionists and like to do everything within those games. So with some of these board games, the expansions are similar to that, but different at the same time. So I guess I should probably give a little description. Now, first of all, if you've never seen this game, I highly suggest you go out and look at it. It's by a company called Starling Games. It's it's fantastic. It's one of my favorite games to play because it's got a beautiful uh, aesthetic to it. Uh, the production quality on the pieces, on the board, the, the art style is just is gorgeous. All the cards are great, um, and it's not uh, super serious. So a lot of times gamers get into very serious games. I mean, this, uh, this is about life and death and all that sort of stuff, and not so much on this. This is much lighter. This is something that that is meant to be kind of a, a joyful thing. Um, but uh, Everdell, as a board game, is essentially uh, a city builder. But it is a city builder built by animals. Everyone plays a specific kind of animal, whether it's a squirrel or a mouse or... Uh, you know, a raven or whatever. There's a there at this point. There's about twelve or thirteen, fourteen different types of animals that you can play, and they have these really nice wooden pieces that look like the animal. And it's a combination board game. So you've got uh, the main board, which looks like a little forest area, and then you've got uh, the cards and the pieces that go with it. Um. As you're building, your resources are the resources of the forest. So you're looking for twigs and pebbles and resin and berries. <laughs> and those are the things that you spend <clears throat> to be able to get more critters in your town, to be able to create more structures in your town to do different things. And each of these uh, each of these cards are one of those structures or one of those critters. And they... Um, 
and it's a resource, kind of a combination of a resource management game and what they call a worker placement game. So you start the game with two uh, of your critters, and those critters can go somewhere within the board that gives you either certain resources or cards or lets you discard things or gives you some sort of a benefit. And uh, as the game goes along, you get more of those workers. But you only have so many resources. So you're trying to build out your city in such a way that it kind of generates its own resources and you can put more cards down, but you only have so many slots. So your maximum is 15. Once you've built a 15th card, you're not getting anything else into your city. And the majority of your points are based on those cards. Uh, there are also events that you can do and a variety of other things. So, I mean, the, the base game kind of worked like that, and it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, we, we played it multiple times. And they had released, uh, with the original game, one uh, or two expansions that kind of came with it to give you some extra flavor and some flexibility. Not too long ago, they released... Uh, uh, a, an expansion called Pearl Brook, which actually added another board that attaches to the original board and gives you another kind of worker. You get your, your frog worker that can go and try and get pearls for you, uh, depending upon what happens. So it adjusted the play of the game a little bit. Well, just recently they had two other expansions that just came out that also added sections to the board um, and adjusted the gameplay significantly. Uh, depending upon whether you're using some of the cards, that there are powers for the different uh, animals that you could play. Uh, there's uh, this uh, kind of quest side that they add to it as you're going along that, again, can adjust just kind of how you do things. Now, this game is what's called an asymmetrical game. So you are familiar with kind of basic the basic games. You either are all going around the board and you get there as you go around. There's not much to it. You're you're making that loop or you take a turn, I take a turn. You take a turn, I take a turn. It's very, very simple like that. With uh, Everdell, there are four seasons. And once you've gone through your fourth season, the game is over. But everybody progresses through the seasons at a different rate. So there have been many instances where I have uh, frustrated my family, unfortunately, to no end. You start in uh, winter, and fall is the, the final uh, season. But I'll still be in winter, and they will be in summer, which is, is difficult <laughs> to, to do, but... You know, I'll just I'll I'll get a chain of cards. This allows me to do this. This allows me to do this. This allows me to do this, and then they're having to prepare for the next season, and then they prepare for the next season again. You know, just kind of uh, you can kind of be in drastically different places, and it adjusts the strategies that you use in a very interesting way. You have to um, you have to decide kind of what speed it is that you want to go through the game. What's most important. And uh, do, am I going to try and stall as long as possible and try and get some extra cards out here? Will that clog up my city? Uh, or should I try and speed through to get to the next season because there are special cards that might run out before I actually get there? Um, one of the neat expansions is you get these giant 
uh, meeples, basically. Uh, they're, they're giant animals. So you got your little small animal, you get saddles, and a big animal. So your small animal can ride a big animal, and it can do something special. But there are only so many of those big animals. Um, we've played six times with that expansion now. I have gotten a big animal twice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have not had very very much luck, and I love the little the big animal pieces, and it's just so much fun. The flavor and it's silly. It's not that I didn't get you know cards that were helpful, but it was just I want I want the moose or I want the bear. <laughs> I want to be able to have that big piece that goes around the board. Um, it's just it's just fantastic. If you get a chance to play it, I would highly suggest it. I've seen some of the pictures that you have posted uh with the expanse of everything kind of put together so it it looks like it fills up your table that you've got pretty well oh yeah and if you really want to have the right space if you have four players it more than fills the table we actually set up another table to go next to the first table so that we could have our player mats on that table and have the main part of the game on the first table now to be fair we played with all of the expansions together which they do not suggest that you do um, but um, much like any role-playing game, uh, like a, a, a computer or a video game role-playing game, if you are trying to get me to go left, I will go right first. <laughs> I do that with board games too. How can I break this? What am I not supposed to be able to do? Let's see. Let's see what. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I agree. If there's a if there's a main plot line, the last thing I want to do is the main plot line. Right. Um. Uh, we'll probably talk about this more at another point, but I was speaking a little bit before the game that I had gotten the Final Fantasy VII Remake. They have a couple spots that they railroad you to the, the main plot, and not even in just the normal ways. Like, the camera is fixed on where you're looking <laughs> that you need to go to, and you cannot change the camera angle. You're walking that way. What if I press left? Oh, you moved one step left. You can't move anymore left. You're going <laughs> forward. It's like, why do I even have control of my character at this point? That makes no sense. Just play a cinematic because I have no actual control here. Yeah, and that's I I appreciate those Final Fantasy games for their cinematic stuff. And I've always enjoyed turn based kind of RPG stuff, but once games like the original Diablo came out where you controlled what was going on that quickly zoomed away the interest of my um, turn-based RPG-type game. Well, this remake is not turn-based in the combat. It's it's way different, but uh, in a good way. Like I said, we'll talk about that at some other point once I've actually yeah. played a little bit more of that. But like I said, Starling Games makes some great stuff. The, the wood pieces are solid. They're not easily breakable. They look pretty. The artwork is great. Um, the, the actual board on this game is three-dimensional if you want it to be. It's got a tree that comes up out of the board, which is pretty slick. Um, it's, it's, it's extremely well done. And most of these, like these expansions that you, um, the, the that you have, cause you have all of them. Yeah. One, you, you, you could learn about them by going to the conventions. Mm -hmm. Uh, but is this stuff 
mainly just like an online thing or do they have it in one of like the local store for example which is not open of course yeah but. yeah when it's when it's open they absolutely do carry these in the regular stores like in uh, we have two game stores in town here. They both periodically will carry this game, depending upon whether it's in stock. You can go to the Starling Games website and be able to order it directly from them. Uh, there are also a variety of uh, digital resellers. I mean, of course, there's always Amazon, things like that. Um, but um, there's a fantastic uh, website uh, and forum uh, called Board Game Geek. Um, that is a really good resource to go to where you can find copies of games and get links to the, the main websites, get reviews, get errata, uh, get people's opinions on the games. Because one thing that I found with a lot of these board games, uh, they're pretty thorough on their testing for the most part. But no matter how thorough you think you are when you put this game together, there will be people like me that will try and break the game. And I will find some rule stuff that you missed. And they have to put up something to clarify exactly how certain items work. <laughs> and it's a, that's one of, it's like a badge of honor when you find it's like, oh, they missed this. Uh, now I have to ask somebody. I always hope I'm the first. It's very rare that I'm the first. Uh, it's usually that I'll see somebody else had the same question that I did. But eh. not like they could just send a digital update for it. No, no. Although they do digital updates uh, with the, the errata and the facts, they usually have that in a PDF format easy enough. Almost always it's it's an issue where you don't have to change any of the pieces. You just have to understand what they mean. And in those rare instances where they do need to change the pieces, I will give props to Starling Games. Uh, they had uh, a couple of cards that with the Pearl Brook expansion, the original way that the rules were written needed to be rewritten because they, if they left it the way that it was, it, it just wouldn't work right. So they actually sent out uh, replacement copies of those cards, um, which is, you know, uh, thumbs up for, for, for that. Uh, they just kind of included it with the expansion. And it's like, yeah, they, they thought ahead and gave you some, gave you some stuff. It, it's great. Nice. Very good. Any other tabletop or board games that oh, are, yeah. there are tons. catching attention? In fact, we'll probably start uh, talking a little bit uh, more about some of these. I think I'm going to focus on a different game uh, every, not every episode, but uh, every so often just while this is going on, I'll tell you about a, a great board game that you should try. And uh, whether it's just a light little something that, that can take, you know, half an hour off of your uh, day and give you some time to, to commune with the family or whether it's an in-depth thing that you better block half the day to play. Uh, I love those the most, but not everybody wants to spend that much time <laughs> on a game. Yeah. But, but you know what is worth spending time on, Richard? The... Um the computer that's right specifically our social media <laughs> you should drop by us uh, at real putting guys on twitter at putting guys on instagram and facebook and of course at putting guys on patreon where for just one dollar a month you can help support the putting guys as we put out new content talk to new people find new things to talk into and figure out how to work those things figure out is a an ongoing process yes it is <laughs> 
<laughs> in fact, we will be we, we'll be working on uh, our three-way capability through our new equipment uh, with our, our next episode, but we'll talk about that at the end as a, a little teaser. Um, so moving, moving on to our, our second, our second topic that we were, we were wanting to talk about a little bit about our communication, you know, kind of like what we're doing now, but you know, with video, um, you, correct. You were talking a little bit about this, uh, earlier about the adventures of using some of this software. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I feel like people are doing more. You obviously can't go visit friends and family, so you got to do some type of video chat. If you have kids, the kids have to do some type of school through, you know, e-learning, but there's still ways to communicate with your teachers or your classmates. Um, Now, for for the longest time, there have been, you know, I guess depending on the, the, the platform you've got, there's been things like... Uh, Google Hangouts and there's been things like Skype and there's been things like FaceTime. So there's always been a means of doing a a video chat. But I feel like in the last year or so, those things have just expanded well beyond just like the one-on-one or small group type of chat to incorporate more of of a learning aspect of it. I, I know it's been more than a year, but I, I just feel like you've seen a lot more of it. Um, maybe commercially, maybe maybe more in the residential uh, sector in the last year. Um, I know one of the big updates from Apple, and it's the silliest thing. It should have been in there years ago. Was in FaceTime. You can do FaceTime with multiple people. So, what? oh wow, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, but yeah, you could have a, a FaceTime conversation with, I don't know, I don't know what the limit is. It's ridiculous. You just have to have good bandwidth once you start getting up to like 10 people. But um, that has limitations, right? Because if you don't have an Apple product, whether it's a, a Mac, a, an iPhone, or an iPad, you can't do FaceTime. You can't just download it on your Android phone as an app and, and use it. Which I've never um, understood. Does, yeah, it doesn't doesn't make a lick of sense but um one of the things that i think everybody sees now and i don't know where the popularity came from if it's been around if it's been a thing for years but now suddenly in the last couple months zoom is a big thing Uh, you see it where a lot of the celebrities doing their talk shows or celebrities doing interviews that's the product that they're using to host the, the the video chats yeah and it's a it's across all platforms, right? So you can have Apple products, you can have Android products, you can have Windows machines, and it runs off of all those platforms, and it's cross-platform. cross, cross platform. So, you know, I, I see a lot. So my kids have Zoom um, calls with their teachers a couple times a week, and they can do more if they need help and they need to chat with somebody. So that that is the product that they use. Um, and it seems to work. It, it definitely has its limitations, um, especially if you're just trying to do the things on like a like what we do a lot on a phone or on an iPad. It doesn't it's not as not quite as seamless. Right. Although um, one of the things that we did, I did last night for about five hours was a Zoom call with about, you know, anywhere from 
four to probably eight other people and just play play games play like party type games you have to have two devices to, to do it but it seemed to work pretty well so the advent of this has really i think going back to what you had mentioned before helped those folks who really can't get to see their friends or their family or don't don't want to get out but still want to have that kind of face-to-face contact and zoom is free um if you do a zoom call it's free for a short a limited period of time it's not 40 minutes endless endless conversation but if you do the paid version of it you can and host a call you could do whatever you want to do on it so it's a it's an interesting shift of events i guess you could say um that was already in place it's just become uh more prevalent in the last couple of months of course yeah and yeah i've heard some things about some security potential problems with zoom but you know that's a small thing for the most part the vast majority of us aren't doing anything on zoom that uh anybody is going to care to break into. Um, yeah. Yeah. But you want to see our conversation between our parents? Cool. Yeah. yeah. Where we, we try to explain. Oh, and I'll tell you what, this is, there, there's always something generational that happens this way. I remember when I was younger, uh, watching, uh, comedians, uh, a lot of them, would have a little section where they talk about, oh, old people just don't understand how uh, answering machines work. And they'd have a whole segment. Some shows even had bits, you know, where they would just like, is it on? Are we are we doing anything? And that would be the message that would be playing. Well, Zoom is this generation's answering machine, from what I can tell. <laughs> it's just, uh, oh, my Lord. Uh the, the people that are not familiar with this at all, it is painful to watch somebody help them get it working. Yeah, and, and I, I honestly had never even heard of this product until I, I guess we started seeing, like, you know, like I said, people who do, like, like Jimmy Fallon, for example, will do his interviews via the product, and via Zoom, and I, I'm like, okay, what's that? It must be video chat, cool. But then... Um, when family members say, oh, we want to do a Zoom call, I'm like, okay, everybody in our family's got an iPhone. Why don't you just do FaceTime? <laughs> we could have been doing these big, gigantic things for like the last, you know, six months longer, actually longer than that. But it's it's interesting how the fact that everybody – it's become popularized. It's like you, you see the folks doing it and making making their little presentations and stuff via Zoom or all the kids are doing it for their e-learning. Now, like you said, all of the other folks or the older folks who weren't doing anything before to do a video call suddenly want to do them. So they've seen other people. It's, it's kind of funny. It's like any other thing. You yeah. see something that's popular and you want to do it yourself. So that's that's you're right this generation it's this right now has turned into the to the zoom generation and it's and it's really kind of interesting um i i'm kind of fascinated in a certain way seeing how different people react to this particular product um like my wife is is very fond of being able to connect with her family and with other people through this she's she's always had a strong connection uh with them and it allows her to maintain that connection 
And um, I think it kind of heightens some of the pre-existing personality snippets. Uh, like for me, uh, I, I hate being on the phone with people, uh, maybe more than, than most social interactions. And for me, Zoom is a lot like just being on the phone. And usually when I'm on anything like that, the first thing I'm thinking is like, okay, how much longer do I need to be on this before I can just hang up? I, I, I love this person that I'm talking to generally. And I, if I were in person, I would want to hang out with them all day. But I'm not in person. We're, we're over a, a, a digital recreation. And I literally, I have nothing to say to you. <laughs> There's the, and I don't know what you could possibly say to me that would be interesting. Yeah, the call can the call can definitely devolve quickly after you've gotten through the uh, oh, so how are you doing? And how's the weather? Yeah, and uh, uh, you guys have enough food? And then, yep. and then after that, it's you're like sitting there and just staring at each other around. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> We're, we've got the luxury, I guess you could say, where the, the real entertainment value and a lot of times the real value is the kids. So obviously the grandparents, the aunts and the uncles want to see all the other exchange of yeah. the kids. But even, even the kids will lose interest after a certain while too where they will just get up and go meander, <laughs> meander around. <laughs> I'm and done so, now. Yeah, yep, yeah, we're done, and e- even even the kids can lose interest after a bit. So it's it's an interesting way. Like I said, I've always had the opportunity to do things like FaceTime. So the, the video chat stuff to me isn't anything new. Um, it's it, it's interesting interesting to see some of the features that are put into it that I felt I feel like could have been in other things easily like zoom has a thing where you can basically it's like a digital it's like a virtual background oh so you could basically take any photo anything from your photo library and make it your background so it's like you're on a green screen without actually having a green screen although you can change that setting if you had an actual green screen you could change it to i have like to a green screen setting but it's it's a neat it's a neat little digital feature that could be, should be in any type of platform like that. But, um, and there's other little things with it too, that are to me seem basic and why they're not in other video conference things just confuses me. Maybe that's why so many people are doing things like zoom, I guess. Yeah, probably so. I mean, it seems like it works pretty well, uh, works well enough that, uh, the one person kept crashing into other people's Zoom meetings. Did you see the story about that? Oh, no. Uh, like a recent, as a, either recent high school, I think it was a recent high school graduate, uh, started doing this thing where she would get people to send her the Zoom codes to uh, classes or to meetings or to whatever, and she would just show up in those meetings not having any connection to that whatsoever and eventually she started bringing people with her <laughs> so there'd be like four or five people all just bloop and we're in the meeting now <laughs> yeah they o- only recently have they updated it where it requires a password to get in 
but that's just a text message. It's not anything. No, nothing major. Here, here's the password. Here's the code. So she could have done the same thing. She just would have needed the password also. Yep. Yep. Uh, and I can, I can understand how that's not a good thing, but at the same, same time, it's pretty funny. <laughs> y- yeah. Um, and, and maybe that's why a, a thing like FaceTime has a little bit more security to it because it's a basically a direct connection where Zoom is more of a third-party connection. Um, maybe so. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs. I'm not smart enough to do well, that. Well, if somebody catches her, I'm sure that uh, she's probably going to have to be punished. Speaking of punished, <laughs> on to our hmm. – see, like, like that segue? Uh, into our smooth as butter. Yeah, uh, back into 2008 on the history of comic book movies, we have uh, Punisher Warzone. Um, now this is one I'm going to have to depend on Richard for because I have not seen this one, uh, but it uh, seems to have a, a fairly decent cast and a, an interesting choice of director. Uh, Lexi Alexander, who at that point hadn't really done a whole lot. She had a video, a short, and like one movie before she directed this. And hasn't really done um, too much of anything since. No, not so much. At least not in in directing, anyway. I'm sure she's kept busy. Yeah, I mean, she's she's done some TV shows. Yeah. But, But, uh, like, not, not, not movies, but... So Ray Stevenson as Frank Castle. How did he do? So I, I guess I like Ray Stevenson. Um, obviously, we've talked about him from like the Thor movies. He was in um, an HBO series, um, Rome. And it was like, Rome is old, in terms of when, when HBO was making like their high end content, like they do now, um, that Rome was one of those early kind of high end content shows. And mm-hmm. It was only two seasons long. Right. I wish it was more. Twenty two episodes. He was in. Yeah, he, it, it was. It's a really good show. I like that one. That's where I knew. That's where I found found i guess you could say ray stevenson and everything that he's been in i feel like he does a really good job in and in this particular movie he he does fine there's no emotion there's no you know like you want that straight face stone cold kind of like calculated type of person as the punisher and that's what that's what this is too i mean there's nothing over the top like you're not gonna get anything so like if you if you want to i guess kind of compare this to the other punisher movies or if you want to compare this to the punisher series on netflix it's they're they're obviously two different ball games uh i i do personally feel that of the movies this is the best punisher movie now that's not saying much (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's kind of a low bar (laughs) But uh, I thought he did just fine. Um, if you want your Punisher movie to be a action shooter, bust people up movie, that's what this is. Like if you want it to have that 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 background of 
things have happened and you want that like anger and emotion and but you want to know why there's that, that no that's not this movie there's no there's uh, no hint at an a sea of emotion just below the service for Mr. Frank Castle. Yeah, this now now I will say it's been a while since I have seen this uh, movie, but I have seen it multiple times. Um, and there there's some over the top things. Um, going back to HBO stuff, uh, Dominic West is in it. Yep, yeah, Jigsaw. Dominic, yep, and he was in I think The Wire for six seasons. Well, seven he's seasons. also in Three Hundred as uh, Theron. Yeah, um, and he he is the one. Well, him, him, and uh, Doug Hutchison, who is uh, Looney Bin Jim. Those two characters are the ones that are the over-the-top characters in this movie. Like, it's it's borderline cheesy, over-the-top. It to to me, it's not. It's not super negative over the top but it is over the top and if you watch this you'll you'll see it's it's over the top well i had to there, expect there, it there to be parts. some anyway well i mean they got wayne knight as micro i mean how could it not be a little over the top with wayne knight but he no he plays it straight faced he does, does it he? just fine oh he's yeah. us- he's usually like the first person to kind of i don't want to say ham it up because that's not really what he does but he's got uh the ability to be very very um silly maybe is the it's a, he's, yes I've, he's, I've been watching a lot of my, my only my only tv that i've been watching the last couple of weeks has been seinfeld and i'm right i'm like in season five and season six where it's just hitting it's smooth, the smooth stretch it's got like great episodes in it and this is where newman has been a uh, a prominent character in a lot of these episodes mm-hmm. so that's the way night that i've been seeing in the, a lot in the last couple of weeks but not in this movie he's also slimmer in this movie too so huh the thing that makes me kind of want to see this movie more than anything is it does have julie benz in it who is a, an alum from uh buffy uh, vampire slayer and angel television shows uh, she was also in dexter oh yeah that's where I know. That's where I know her from. And uh, she's so, she's one of my favorites. And, and even some of these other characters, um, Colin Salmon and Dash Mihawk, mm-hmm. Dash Mahawk, Dash Mahawk. Anyway, uh, you know those faces. You may not know those names, but you know those faces, and you've seen them in other stuff before too. Yeah, that, they're that's a solid cast. Yeah. And um, definitely a lot of people get shot up in this movie. <laughs> well, it's the Punisher. If not yes. a lot of people got shot up, that would be the uh, that would be the surprise. That you know, maybe that's what we should do. We should we should come up with a treatment, a script, something Punisher related, and no one dies <laughs> through the entire film, and just confuse the heck out of everybody that watches it. Just a, it's like a Batman movie. Then. <laughs> well, the With people more... get people get shot, but it's like, oh, he got hit in the ankle, or it was going to be a headshot, but he moved at the last minute, got him in the shoulder. <laughs> yeah, nobody yeah, I mean, dies. He's an expert shot, so he can shoot him wherever he wants to shoot him. So. Well, yeah, yeah, he he is an expert shot, but he's trying to kill them. <laughs> so I don't know. 
how will that work? How the, how that would work too well? But yeah, that's that's going to be one that I'm going to have to give a shot uh, to, much like uh, Dread that we were talking about at some point before. Uh, yeah, if you're if you're going to well, Dread's Dread's better than this. Dread is Dread's worth spending five bucks on to buy the movie. Dread's worth spending ten bucks on to buy the movie. This one, you're going to complete your comic book collection. You said eventually, yeah. so you'll you'll buy this. Yes, I will. Um, but um, if you can find it for five bucks, yeah, I'd I'd get it. It's fun. Don't expect anything special, but if you want a shooter, it's good. So, in terms of the, in terms of um, how true was it to the character? I guess is what I was going to ask. Um. I mean, he he has a bit of anger, and gosh, I don't. I mean, like I said, the character is just so so played as a straight character and knowledgeable, and look looking to do the right thing, but by any means doing it and he's a tough character because he takes takes a licking and keeps on ticking type thing so from the that the basics of it i think that character piece is good now i don't know the character of jigsaw um i don't know if this other character looney bin jim i don't know if that's a real comic book character it, or, it or is yeah not um so i can't tell you how those interpretations are i'm just not familiar enough with the comic um, I understand who, uh, micro is. And like I said, Wayne Knight does fine with that. Um, so I, I, I think that does, is this the best as a Punisher character? I mean, I, I'm not the best judge of that. Is it the best Punisher movie? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Interesting. Well, we will continue our trek through the history of comic book movies next week. We will probably be talking about Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, from 2008, the sequel to the original Hellboy film. Um, But uh, in addition to that, we will be having a guest next week, Uh, uh, Miss Lori Rosenbaum, half of the Rosenbaum and Gray podcast. Uh, will be on with us, and we will be talking with her a little bit about what she does on her podcast and uh, a little bit uh, about some of the things she does outside of the podcast and just kind of palling around and having some fun. Should be pretty good times. Um, nice. So we, we, got some, we got some good stuff coming up, hopefully. Uh, some irons in the fire. Uh, firing, firing irons. Oh, that's back to the Punisher again. Um <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but until next time, you know, everybody stay safe, uh, keep indoors uh, or at least, uh, you know, keep your social distancing uh, going on and try and be well and love on your family and uh, get by in this difficult time. Right, Richard? Do what you got to do. And uh, there's plenty of ways to be entertained, even if you're even if you are at home and it's just you. Um, these video chats are a good way to actually, even if you want to play a board game, 
video chat's a great way to do a board game with someone else. So there's oh, yeah. there's lots of means to to fill some time space for sure. And it's, and it's less potentially smelly than my pastime of uh, throwing slices of bologna onto my neighbor's uh, roofs. But not nearly as fun. <laughs> Until next time, folks. <laughs>